This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hey, hey, Black Panther. What's going <laughs> on, Harlem, New York, Bronx, Queens, and whoever else is listening on the interwebs? What's poppin'? This is Stanley Fritz, and this is the Stanley Fritz Show. Selena has been canceled because she's under five feet tall, so she can <laughs> no longer do the radio. And this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Stanley, I'm five feet exactly. We do have a lot of... put some respect on my name. Put some respect on your height. We have some <laughs> vertically challenged folks on the show. Yes, no, yes. No offense. I'm sure than Selena is. That's true. And but you know, we but somehow you seem taller it. than all of us, Alyssa. It's oh. really silence, colonizer. It's just because I'm loud. <laughs> I will not have either one of you whites in here speaking when King T'Challa is in the room. Okay, Stanley. So you're King T'Challa. <laughs> I'm not. I'm Killmonger. Oh, Killmonger. So not everyone yes. has seen Black Panther. If you haven't seen Black Panther, you've had a week and a half. I'm going care. tomorrow. I'm going I mean, tomorrow. I'm, I'm already up to like two times, okay, Jackie. You gotta catch up. We don't care about white spoilers. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's, Honestly, I like, don't see it, I don't, I'm not going to see it. That's Why? racist, Alyssa. That is well, racist. I just don't like the movies. We all want to go see Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I actually I'll haven't s- seen Lord of I'll the Rings. I'll see it when it comes out on Blu-ray was, DVD, and I can watch pe- it at home. Wasn't that White People's Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What are you talking about? Thor? Lord, of, Lord of the Rings. So, guys, welcome back to another Action Pack Week. Let your voice be heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. We have missed someone on the show for a couple of weeks. No, not Jackie, me, Stanley. What? I am back. Uh, and I'm also you. back. Nobody cares. <gasps> If you want to talk to me, guys, I want to talk to you. It's on Twitter, Stan Fritz, on Instagram, Stan Fritz, on Snapchat, which I no longer use anymore because they updated it, and it's trash, dark skin Okay, Kylie Jenner. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. I heard Kylie Jenner is going on Family Feud with Kim and Kanye. They know how to read it? Cool. No, I'm serious. That's going to be the best thing ever. It was on Twitter yesterday. I can't wait. And that's why I always say on Facebook, where you can talk to me at Stanley Fritz. Selena? Yes, well, thank you for that Grand Slam introduction, Stanley. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, foreign policy, and pop culture from a diverse millennial perspective. Very happy to be here. Hope you guys are having a happy Sunday. A black perspective. You said a black perspective? I'm I'm trying to say black like Forrest Whitaker in the movie. Black. (laughs) Are you are you impersonating an African accent because it's a you're Wakandan doing a, accent. You're doing yeah, you're doing a bad job. And Africa's an entire continent. They had different inflections. <laughs> you're right. I don't know places. what you were trying to do. Anyway, Stanley. So um yeah, we have a great show lined up. Um, my name is Selena Hill. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. Um I haven't been on Snapchat either. I will admit, guys. Know, your Instagram live or Instagram stories have been Way more than your Snapchat stories. And I want to thank Jackie publicly for always supporting <laughs> me on Instagram. Well, she no. always leaves comments and encourages me. Thank because you. you are like posting pictures of yourself with like David Dinkins, like in a selfie. It's like ridiculous. Like your Instagram stories are always my favorite. I because- support them. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nice. No, it's Lena. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's all Stanley. No, but they're amazing. Um, but hi, I'm Jackie. I am so happy to be back. It's been a few weeks. I've been yes. away. I'm so this is where you I want to be. You turned another age. I I got closer to my 30s uh, a couple weeks ago, which oy vey. Um, but I'm very very happy to be back here on this wonderfully you know wet and rainy Sunday. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Jackie Cohen. That's J A Q I. C-O-H-E-N. Hey, guys. Um, so I'm your political and legal correspondent. I'm Melissa Fuchs. You can find me on Facebook, 
at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs with an I or on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs or you can follow the Politically Preposterous fan page which is Politically Preposterous on Facebook and Poll Preposterous on Twitter Um, and we are broadcasting uh, on Facebook Live on the Politically Preposterous fan page as well as on the Let Your Voice Be Heard fan page Uh, so make sure you leave us some comments some questions and we'll try and get those on air Absolutely guys so again we have a jam-packed show we're going to start talking about some of our favorite stories of the past week, some of the things that are trending and happening now, and then we're going to have a full conversation about the high school students that are leading the charge for gun reform right now in our country, uh, the Parkland students. We know that just a few days ago, about seven, eight, nine days ago now, um, they survived a horrific shooting in right in their high school. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that and how they're turning that outrage into action. So, you know, commend to everyone, all those survivors and everyone that's taking a stance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that, you know, unfortunately isn't uncommon in our country. But I think the response and the action that's happened in the past week is something really remarkable. And that's why we're talking about it this week. Absolutely. So on that note, we do have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation and make sure you let your voice be heard on our Facebook page, Twitter, and you can also call us up at 212-650-6903. We don't drink any. We sip on Duce. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is All right, WBLS. Beyonce. All right, Beyonce. <laughs> Why did you say you that? Messed, you messed up my Wash Radio and, and introduction. Hey, y'all, good folks. You, you know that what? Was just WHCR, right? And Sammy, is, why did you say that? You guys are intro. You know what? I'm never doing a washed entrance again. Guys, oh, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and of course, Alyssa, the snapback queen, Fuchs. What's poppin'? I had to snap. check to see if she had a snapback on today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my USA hockey hat. She because sleeps with snapbacks on. The women's team won the gold medal, women's ice hockey team, for the first time in 20 years. And it was really, At really exciting. Yes. Yay, women's. <laughs> anyway, so um, we're starting off the show talking about, again, some of the fa- our favorite things that happened in the past week and what is going on now. And as you can see from the music we've been playing and Stanley's different references, calling himself T'Challa or Killmonger. I forget which one are you Kill again? Killmonger. Barely Kill- in the ocean Killmonger. with my ancestors. Yes. Well, no more spoilers. So, yeah. So, I um, actually Listen, went to start off with. Every black person has seen this movie. It's the whites. <laughs> Okay. That's true. <laughs> that, that that's probably true. So Black Panther um, is actually breaking records at the box office. Um, it's projected to hit four hundred million dollars wow. at the domestic box office by the end of today. It already passed five hundred. Oh, sorry, but this they is don't listen old. to Selena. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> they're probably that was the projections for earlier this week. It's probably mm. going to hit over a billion in two weeks. Oh my god! Well, that that's record breaking, and the that's fact amazing. that Marvel's boldest. Uh, comic i mean boldest movie ever that actually talks about like pan-africanism liberation i mean it stars an all-black cast is directed by a 31 year old black director um it's honestly i wasn't expecting it to do this well but it proves and actually this um debunks that myth that black film doesn't travel well then why was it ever a myth black people always spend money on film that's true Ooh. but ooh. but oh i thought Alyssa was trying to speak they do always spend money on film, but um, statistics show that usually about 15% of ticket sales 
um, are from African Americans when it comes to comic movies, mm-hmm. but this time it's been about thirty five percent. But I will say, white people have been supporting this film in droves as well. I think they're up they're up in the thirties as well. But like also, how said. often are black people represented <laughs> in these kind of movies, right? So it's kind of hard to look at the statistics historically when black people haven't been represented in these movies as much as white people, right? So finally, right. So, so finally, you have a movie that's. Ex- extremely, you know, well done. The director is, I mean, he's 31 years old. He's only made two feature films before this one, but the two features that he's made have been very, very successful. He made Creed and he made um, Fruitvale Station. Station, right. Um, and so there was a lot of hype for this movie, but there was also, you know, it was done right, right? It was well cast. I mean, the cast is incredible. The director is amazing. It was just, a, it's a great movie. I mean, I haven't seen it You're yet, speaking but that's what I'm as if you saw the movie. But, you know, so it makes sense that it's doing well. And it just, you know, it's like if you make a good movie and it it's, you know, black made film with black actors, it's going to do well. Right. Yeah. It no, beats this myth I, that like, I, oh, I, I, I totally agree. Um, but I will say, you know, we did talk about that at yes. length last week. Um, so if you're interested, you should totally check out last week's segment uh, where we talked all about Black Panther for the entire segment. And it was a great conversation. And Selena had a great comment at the end about how at the end of the day, it really was about capitalism. And yes, it was good that black people were empowered by it. But, um, you know, we have to remember that they were trying to make money. And they did, clearly. Um, Speaking of uh, money, uh, actually, um, maybe speaking of money, (laughs) I don't know if you heard about this. Missouri Eric Gertens was taken into custody last week. Uh, He was indicted on felony invasion of privacy charges in connection with an extramarital affair that he was having. And there were allegations of blackmail, which, of course, has to do with money and trying to extort somebody. Um, And so basically, from what I'm understanding, um, he had... uh, uh, you know, photographed a woman who's identified as KS and she was either fully or partially nude and he did so without her knowledge or consent in a place where she should and could have expected privacy um, and then transmitted the image in a way to allow it to be accessible by computer to other people. Um, so he is now, of course, it's he's alleged to have done this. He's facing up to four years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Um, and I think not only does this tie into money, but it also ties into me too. I mean, you know, like photographing a woman without her consent while she's nude and then disseminating that on the internet, uh, not cool. Um, I actually had a chance to meet and talk with Tamana Burke earlier this week. Yeah, she, right. Amazing. She's the founder of the Me Too movement. And one of the things that she said that resonated with me most was this is not a movement to take down powerful men. Like, even though we can we keep seeing this over and over, now you have the governor, you had people like Russell Simmons. I mean, it, there's so many people who are losing jobs, endorsements, mm-hmm. et cetera. But this is about letting empowering women to speak their truth. Yeah. And, like, this is another example where a woman's like, I'm just going to come out. Like, I know this is probably the most powerful person in this state, But what he did was wrong, and I'm going to speak it. I think that's so true and important to recognize, and I think that a lot of the pushback, I mean, we we talked about this at length when we talked about the Aziz Ansari story, um, is that, you know, the Me Too movement's being perceived as, oh, it's just women taking down powerful men, and that's what the the goal of this movement is. But I totally agree. I think that we're seeing a shift, and we're seeing women feeling more empowered than ever to speak up and talk about their experiences and speak out against abuse and inappropriate behavior. And, you know, if that happens to be directed at powerful men that they maybe were afraid to speak out against once before because they feared retaliation, you know, it's amazing that women now feel empowered and men, right, that people now feel 
empowered to speak out um, against this kind of abuse. So. You're literally you're literally striking fear into the hearts of creepy guys. They're like, and I've heard in circles that I've been guys are like, be careful, you don't want to do that thing because you know you'll get me too. Yeah, good, good, you freaking don't creep. do that like, thing. Yeah. Right, you should be careful. Keep right, that thing in your pants. No one ever. You asked shouldn't for be it. so careless, right? And it's we're we're entering this new age where you actually have to think about how your actions affect other people and how you know your like desire to touch somebody inappropriately or, or take pictures of them without their consent and put it on the internet like you can't do that you're not going to get away with it you're going to get caught you should be careful it's not uh, hard to not be a creep it really isn't guys. <laughs> right uh, well, speaking of people who touch others inappropriately, Uh-oh. our president it actually had another meltdown on Twitter. This time it's over the Democratic memo, which he approved to be released after it was redacted. And now it's like he's just now hearing what's in it on Fox News. And he's basically um, just going off on a tangent. So um, the memo, if you guys have been following the story, um, obviously the Republican memo was released a few weeks ago. And it was it was basically trying to say that the FBI set up Trump. But like if you read it and you like you took a deep dive into it, there was nothing really substantial to support that claim. So Democrats were like, we're going to release the same thing. President Trump was like, I'm not going to let this be released to the public. He did. And now it's like a huge deal. So. What? Well, ever. Wait, what did the, everything is always happening. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say that. I didn't realize that it came out already, the, the memo. Yeah, last night. Oh, oh. So it was, um, What I were mean, you doing last night? I was drinking heavily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Um, that explains a lot. Well, you know who else is drinking heavily? A bunch of conservatives on Twitter that have been melting down all week because Twitter decided to finally get rid of all the bots. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. once all the so bots were funny. gone, all these people lost their followers. Um, and then all their accounts. conservatives like freaked out um, because apparently they would prefer to have uh, fake followers uh, from Russia than real people following them. Yeah, obviously. Well, you know what? I'm really happy about this Um I mean, I understand that technology has been moving faster than regulation. But the thing is, I think that Donald Trump has a lot of fake followers as well. And I I'm hope sure. that they can crack down on that as well. They so. have. His follower account has gone down significantly in the last six months since Twitter has become more responsible in trying to actually address that. So, you know, boom. Boom, yippee, kawo. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, listen, I just felt me to say words. Like, like, like everything that we see, and especially with connection to the gun conversation we're going to have in a few minutes, is uh, there's a lot of talk, but not always a lot of action. And so, you know, even with Twitter, Twitter took so long to purge people from the platform because the more people on Twitter, even if they're bots, the more the better it is for yeah. Twitter. Um, and so for a long time, there was an immense amount of pressure on Twitter to try and get rid of spam accounts, bots, right. uh, people they could identify as being Russians that were trying to pretend to be somebody else. And Twitter resisted because they were afraid it was going to affect the price of their stock. Thank you. Speaking of corny white people who are colonizers, so I want to add in this new news story that I did, we didn't mention before, but you guys know Michael Steele, the first black um, chair of the RNC. Mm-hmm. So one of, these, oh, yes. one of the colonizers at the CPAC event is called White People Eat Mayonnaise Together. That's <laughs> what that acronym stands for. Okay. He said, we only appointed Michael Steele as chair of the RNC because he was black, and that was a mistake. And Michael I Steele mean, was like, well, you know, I just, if, if they still have issues of understanding how I can get this job, so I don't know how much progress we've made. And I had to say, duh, Selena. Yeah, no, duh. Like, my, my response, first of all, Michael Steele knew this. Like, I'm pretty sure working directly with the Republican Party, he definitely had a number of interactions with racism and, like, 
and my I'm sure he's had a few. Like, come on, like so. I mean, his response was very tame. Like I, I applaud him for giving like a very like well mannered type of response. Gotta but it's protect like, his p- political connection. He's his job still. He can't work with black folks. What exactly anymore. did well, he, he say? He's a. He was just like, you know, that is not true. And he should, if you believe that, he should look at my record. And I can't believe there are people in the Republican Party who still think this what way. What do you mean you can't believe <laughs> okay, that? Wait, let's that, just like back it up a far. second. Let's talk about CPAC for a half a second. Mm-hmm. At CPAC, a guy got booed because he said America was a nation of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Another guy got applauded for saying that Michael Steele was the token black hire at the RNC. Mm-hmm. A lady had to be escorted out of the convention for saying that Donald Trump and Roy Moore are sexual harassers. And Donald Trump admitted that he's bald under whatever that thing he wears on his head is. So, I mean, like, this is not out of the realm of the fact that CPAC is a time and place where all the craziest people get together and they circle jerk each other um, about their ideals and about these conservative things and they, you know, yell things like, from my cold, dead hands, you will take this gun um, and say racist things. And then the news talks about it um, as if it's just like a regular day in America. Oh, wait, it is a regular day Didn't didn't Donald Trump also make some jokes about the Second Amendment? Like, is he that tone deaf? That yeah, he yeah, he is. Do you remember when Donald Trump went to Puerto Rico and was like, you know, lobbing shots of like donations Guys, to people that you need them? This is how colonizers move. You and Alyssa are the only two colonizers I love purely. No, I, love, I love a few other colonizers. We're Jews, so I don't know if we can. You're Jewish we're, colonizers. We're white. Let's talk about Israel. <laughs> no, but guys, real quick, <laughs> if, a, if you want to call in with a question, comment, no curse words, the number is 212-650-6903. I had a whole cup of coffee, so it's lit. Once again, that number is 212-650-6903. Only I can make fun of my colonizers, Alyssa and Jackie. The rest of you will get these hands. Thank you for that disclaimer. You're welcome. See, we protect everyone. So yeah, guys, <laughs> On that note, we do have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. Tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. We are streaming live on Facebook, so feel free to leave comments there. Shout out to Kawanza Billy, who is watching, and everyone else. We look forward to letting hearing your voices in the next segment when we talk about what's going on in Florida and gun reform. Don't go anywhere. I buy a new car for the people, for real. I tell down the mileage. You can't even talk to the people. Nah. She room with bosses and shit. Oh God. I pull up in Rory's and shit. With choppers and Harleys and shit. For real. I be Gucci down. Gucci. You wearing Lacoste and shit. Yeah. My club. Yeah. Fur came off a belt. Yeah. Yeah. Triple homicide. Put me in a chair. Yeah. In jail. Triple across the plug. We do not play fair. Yeah. God. Got no tennis chain. It ain't safe for the black or the colonizers. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WH. See are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and of course, Jackie Brooklyn Cohen. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Jackie, I will Jackie, not. Sh- Jackie Transit Con. Word. Oh, that, I told that her, has a ring to I told it. her I will put some respect on her transit name so I can't slander her anymore Yay, on that one. finally. Jackie fixed the buses con. Yeah, yeah fix the, go- <laughs> fix the GD now. buses, Jackie. Yeah. And the subways. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fix it all, Jackie. A- anything else I could do for you? You could also Sunday? pay my rent and make me lose 30 pounds Got while it. stopping eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> Guys, only you can do that. I love how you fat shame yourself. But I just want to say, if you guys aren't listening, I mean, really? Yeah. No, wait, no. So Jackie works is working on MTA, guys. Mm-hmm. Not for <laughs> not for MTA. I want to say shout out to Selena who has a flower collage on her chest. You looking real bright, beloved. Why are you looking Thank at you. Selena's chest, beloved? Ew, Selena doesn't have a chest in theory. How would you know? Oh, now got um, you. Anyway. Right, let's unpack this. What I'm trying to say is like. I don't look at you like in that way. So, 
when I look at you as a human being, it's just like, this is Selena, this is her ridiculousness, and that's all. So right. that's thank you for explaining a ball of energy. Yeah, thank, thank you for making so that So let's offer. talk about guns. I'd rather cool. talk about Duce. All right, guys, so let's talk about guns. So um, let's turn it down for just a little bit. As you guys know, about 10 day- days ago, there was a shooting at Majory Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. It left 17 people dead, students and adults, including one story of a man who put himself in the way of a student, was shot multiple times, saved that student's life, and died. As we know, the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, who we don't need to talk too much about him because he's trash and he will be in prison for a long time. Maybe facing the death penalty. Maybe facing the death penalty. He he was locked up, but he came and he shot the school up with an AR-15, a weapon that was made specifically to kill people, mm-hmm. if you were wondering. And even though before, maybe 10 years ago, most school shootings happened with rifles or shotguns, the AR-15 has quickly become the gun of choice for most mass killings some people use a bump stock where you put it over the trigger so you can get more shots off most people just go out there and just shoot it up because hey why not now what's different about this conversation is the the follow-up conversation about guns because usually after a school shooting when you have a responsible black person running the country we say this is bad we have to do something (laughs) about it and then the colonizers get together and say no we want to protect the nra we're not going to change anything this time you have an orange faced colonizer who likes you know um incest and hates immigrants. Allegedly, with in, the incest. In practice. <laughs> and he, along with the Republican Party, have no interest in changing the actual gun law. So instead, they tried to pivot to mental health issues, as they usually do when the shooter is white. But guys, here's the gag. Back when a whole bunch of preschool and kindergarten white children were shot, I said if we were ever going to have gun reform legislation, this would be the moment. Because white people would not let their white kids be killed in cold blood. And it didn't happen. And I said, if it didn't happen, then it'll never happen. But now you have all these students, and I'm going to call them white because they are, and they do have privilege, but I do want to make sure I say that like, I'm really proud of the work that they're doing, and I'm really excited that they're standing up and they're fighting for something. But these children and their families, days after burying some of their friends and family, days after having their life put at risk, days after live streaming from closets to hide from a shooter, have been putting pressure on our elected officials. And what does that pressure look like? Well, so far they pressured President Trump to order a Justice Department crackdown on bump stocks and propose tougher background checks on gun buyers. They persuaded, in heavy quotes, Education Secretary who's not qualified, Betsy DeVos, to buck the party line and call for congressional hearings, even though they won't do anything because, you know, they're colonizers. Then they've, quote, persuaded GOP-controlled state legislators to consider gun control measures once deemed off-limits in Tallahassee. Let me tell you how not not popular those bills were. While the kids were there watching them vote on things, they debated over porno and tried to put a porno ban, but they would not vote on guns. That's how ridiculous they are in Florida. And then they had planned marches and help inspire protests and walkouts all across the country. But along with all of that, let me tell you how much of a juggernaut these brave children and their families are. They had planned a march for life. And with that march for life, they have already raised $2 million actually over $2 million, including $500,000 contributions from people like Oprah, Black Jesus, Steven Spielberg, Jewish Jesus, and Amal Clooney, also her husband, George, who's also there. You know Jewish Jesus is like a misnomer because Jesus, Jesus was, Jewish. was Jewish. Yeah, we already have a Jewish Jesus But anyways, Jesus I'm glad that this is what we're, we're arguing about. The new Jewish Jesus. Word. New G. It doesn't work, guys. It doesn't. I'm sorry. But anyways, guys, like all these things have happened in 10 days. The blood has literally not even dried up in in some of these schools yet. And they've been doing this fight. And 
you know, honestly, it's one of those moments where I really think we might actually get some change, but I'm not sure how the hell we got to this point. So, like, one thing that I do know is that the youth movement has been, like, very active and powerful and pushing things forward, and it feels like that. Like, what do you, how much do you guys think this, like, the youth movement, particularly in this situation, has impacted this change? I, oh. Um, Go ahead. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, I think it's been good um, so far in the past 11 days. You mentioned some of the things. I mean, they forced the CNN town hall. They got some commitments from Marco Rubio and also made him look really, really weak, which was great. Um, they pressured the president to call for a ban on bump stocks and maybe even background checks, uh, which is something that was unthinkable when Obama was president because, uh, uh, you know, Republicans would just scream that the black guy was coming to take away their guns. Uh, they led a whole bunch of advertisers to leave the NRA, which, um, you know, has been going on for days now. Uh, multiple car rental companies, Delta, uh, First National Bank of Utah. Um, they have dragged people on Twitter like Dinesh D'Souza, Laura Ingram and Bill O'Reilly. Um, they got people fired for lying. Uh, they've put a ton of pressure on the sheriff's department for the fact that the deputy didn't run in the school. And they've raised million dollars and planned not just one, but three different actions. Uh, the school walkout, the March for Our Lives and one other action that is escaping me. So I think that, um, yeah, I'm optimistic that there is now some kind of movement, uh, but I don't know how full I think that glass is at this time. Jackie? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, what's interesting is last week when we were trying, or two weeks ago when we were trying to plan our show for the week, last for last Sunday, um, this shooting had just happened and we discussed maybe doing a segment on the shooting. And I think we collectively decided no, because this happens, there's nothing new, nothing's going to change. And that's typically true. I mean, there have been 18 mass shootings in this country, including this one, right? Um, mm -hmm. More since Parkland. Since 28, since 20 started right we're in yeah, february yeah. And, and there's been almost 20 mass shootings that have occurred since sandy hook 400 people have been shot in over 200 school shootings Go i on. mean it's outrageous how often this happens and how normal it's become and how little congress does to act to fix this problem yet what we've seen in the past week is young people advocate for themselves, fight for a change, demand justice on this issue. I mean, what's so remarkable about this is that typically when these mass shootings happen, it's the uh, families of the victims that rally together to fight for change. But now you have some of the victims themselves, these young people, these students who aren't even adults yet demanding real change. And I think it's encouraging. I mean, I agree with Alyssa's hesitation that this is, you know, despite the momentum, I don't think that this is going to, you know, solve our gun crisis in this country as a whole because we've been so resistant. But I do think that this is, you know, what we're seeing is great. I think that young people have always been on the right side of history and always challenged authority and pushed us towards progress. So I'm hopeful. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would just say really quickly, I mean, Jackie and Alyssa said it all. Um, these students, they have the ears of elected officials and the heart of the nation, and they're taking action. I commend them. So, Alyssa, we just got a caller who had a question specifically for you. Could you give us some more details on Dinesh Badu Badu face and <laughs> um, Laura Ingram um, scuffle that these kids had? Um, I mean, it's mostly been Twitter scuffles. I don't have the, ex the the tweets pulled up exactly right now. But basically, you know, this is just from a general perspective. Whenever stuff like this happens, uh, you know, Republicans and conservatives repeat these, you know, what they think are tried and true lines regarding yeah. gun control, like 
guns don't kill people. People kill people, which, you know, guns, people kill people with guns, yeah. um, you know, and <laughs> having assault rifles that can fire 30 bullets out of them um, makes it easier, um, you know. And so then, like, they look at what in, in terms of Laura Ingram, you know, they just and, and Dinesh D'Souza, they make these comments that are so far afield from reality. And these students have been going after them on Twitter and pushing back against them and calling them out and being like, no, that's not true um, in a way that I don't think we've ever really seen before, um, you know, because sort of like the gun issue is this fraught issue where like as soon as you speak out in favor of gun control, you're automatically like labeled some kind of gun grabber, which in most cases couldn't be farther th from the truth. Um, like I shoot, I don't want to divert too much into guns. I want to talk about the students, but like I shoot guns. I like guns. Um, I think that there's a reason that we should have guns in society, but I, I, I don't think we should have assault rifles. I do think we should ban them. I think we need capacity limits. And I, and to loop this back into the students, um, in a poll that was done prior to Parkland, 49% of Americans were in favor of banning assault rifles and 49% of Americans were not. After Parkland, um, now s the new numbers released this morning show 70% uh, of Americans now favor banning assault rifles and only 30% of Americans uh, favor uh, not banning them. And so that does tell you that the students are having an impact. Definitely. And they can't even vote. Which is amazing, yeah. right? Some of them can, but most of them most can. of them can't even vote, and they're still able to be this effective and change the national discussion. And they're being attacked online by all kinds of Ugh. trolls. There was a Florida official whose staffer said that this person, this kid, can't be trusted because his dad works for the FBI. Right. Claudia Tenney, who was a um a Republican congresswoman Disgusting. in um in Binghamton, Syracuse area, she said that well, most shooters, most mass shooters are Democrats, and she's yeah. afraid for Republican lives. You've heard some serious backlash. Well, what's yeah. her What's but her name? Dana. Loesch, the NRA yeah. spokeswoman, told the media, she said, you love this. You love seeing white mothers crying. Every time there's a school shooting, it's great for your ratings. Well, no, I mean, there was also... That's what she is said. She, is she, like, I think that's a horrible comment to make. But she's right. But is was, she wrong? But did you guys also hear about the elected official, uh, official staff member who sent out an email saying that these were white actors? Right. That these students were pay, being paid By to George Soros. Outrage um, to basically but help the gun reform that's, effort. That's not really anything new. After Sandy Hook, Alex Jones had this whole conspiracy theory right. that this was like a false flag and that nobody right. had died. This but is shouldn't a there be a distinguishment between conspiracy theorists and those who are in office? Like I understand well, that our, people our, are yeah. extreme. But like to me, that but definitely but Donald Trump is like the chief conspiracy theorist, yeah. right? And so that's what he that's how he plays to his base. Right. I mean, but they do this because like their whole idea is they don't want to make it seem like there was actually a mass shooting because that goes against their agenda, right? right? It's like Holocaust denial. I swear Listen, to God. You, yeah, right. and you, when you have colonizers running the country, they don't they don't have to look at their faults or the places they fall short in. They can just attack you for things that don't exist. But guys, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, this conversation is going to get a lot spicier because we've seen a lot of energy supporting these children and i'm very happy about that but what about the black and brown communities who've been fighting for gun reform and gun violence reform for years and they have not seen this kind of support this is let your voice be heard now little terry got a gun he got from the store he bought it with the money he got from his chores he robbed the candy shop told her lay down on the floor put the cookies in the bag take the pennies out the drawer look khalil got a gun he got from the rebels to kill the infidels and american devils a bomb on his waist a mask on his face prays five times a day and listens to heavy metal little alex got a gun he took from his dad that he snuck into school in his black book bag his black nail polish black boots and black hat he gonna blow away the bully that just pushed it and we are back on let your voice be heard <laughs> 
Tell us what you were playing, Stanley. <laughs> uh, uh, I, th- I actually thought you were going to play Nas, Got Yourself a Gun. No, no. Instead, you played. This song, Lupe Fiasco, Little Weapon, and he talks about the different iterations of people having weapons. And he says, you're American kids, you think you're bad. Well, go to Somalia where they have kids mm-hmm. as, as young as four years old with weapons, and they will kill you in cold blood. But um, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz, Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and Alyssa Fuchs. And we are talking about the Parkland shooting aftermath. What is the aftermath? These brave kids have been protesting, pushing Republicans to the center on gun reform. They've been raising money, organizing marches, and resisting. Most of them can't even vote. Most of them are not. Well, all of them are too young to drink alcohol. They can't go pick up any douce from the liquor store. But they are fighting for gun reform. When we walked away, we had a comment on, on our Facebook Live, so I want to give Selena Hill a chance to get to that comment so we can read it. Go ahead, Selena. Thank you. So um, Asa Cole left a really good and semi-long comment. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what they said on our Facebook. They said, and I quote, We spend $30 trillion easily on guns and war manufacturing, yet this is 2018 and we have sound guns that can peacefully put people on the ground. We have flashlights that can incapacitate people. We have technologies that put guns to shame the nra and gun manufacturers will never produce weapons of mass destruction they only produce weapons they only produce weapons of mass destruction not mass protection protection thank you i'm going to just stop there thank you so much asa anybody else if you have a question or a comment please feel free to chime in on our facebook you can also tweet us at beheard underscore radio and if you're brave enough call in at 212-650-6900 yeah, I mean, I always think that's an interesting argument that, you know, people demand um, guns under the Second Amendment because they want to be able to fight back against the government in case of an uprising or whatever. But, uh, you know, people, even your AR-15 cannot compete with the kind of artillery that the U.S. government has. So I, I don't know that it's a super sound argument. It, it really isn't. I agree with your jacket. I do want to shift gears just a little bit because I've been really proud and just inspired by the work that these kids are doing. But then I started thinking about some of the work that I did as a kid growing up in East New York, some of the work that people do out here in Harlem with Street Corner Resources, Occupy the Block, um, the work that Erica Ford is doing with gun violence. And I can tell you from personal experience, it is super hard to get support for black and brown groups trying to do stuff about gun violence, trying to do stuff about gun reform. And usually what happens when you have gun violence in black communities or gun violence of black or brown people, we're called terrorists, thugs, killers, and there's not this kind of sympathy. Why is there such a disconnect? And I know racism, duh, but, like, why, Selena? I mean, here's the thing. Like, I've been feeling really frustrated because, like like you mentioned, there's been a lot of grassroots activism on the ground against gun violence and black and brown communities, particularly when it comes to gang violence involving guns. And I think Tamika Mallory said it best when she was on The View a few days ago, and she was like, why can't we have that same empathy and sympathy about the 17-year-old students that just died on a Chicago... Um, uh, a corner in Chicago. Why is it that the country is only galvanizing because white students are being affected? And I think that the issue that she brought up, you know, it, it speaks to larger systematic issues in our country. Like even with the heroin epidemic, we saw how heroin was terrorizing communities of color. Nobody did anything. But as soon as we have opioids, which is like a reflection of heroin, it's a big national issue. And it always happens like this. And it continues to prove to me that our country does not care about black and brown lives. Right. No, I agree with that. Actually, you took the example that I was going to use which is the heroin crisis. Absolutely. But I'll give you another example. Um, And it's related to this issue, which is 
Philando Castile. And I know that's not necessarily about gun violence in black and brown communities, and I get that. Um, but, like, when you want to talk about racism and in terms of, you know, like, black gun ownership, um, look at Philando Castile. We're talking about somebody who legally owned a gun. He was shot and killed by the police. Um and he was somebody who actually was a student aide who worked in a school. And the NRA had absolutely nada to say about it after it happened. And people were literally begging the NRA to come out and make a statement. Like, you know, there was this black man, a legal gun owner who, you know, was a, a teacher um, or an aide. And, you know, who was killed by a police officer when he was legally carrying. Why don't, why don't you have anything to say about it, NRA? And the NRA remained silent. So, you know, we can see this every everywhere from street level gun violence um, as compared to the Parkland shooting all the way up to the NRA just not speaking up. But I think that our our country has a long history of this. I mean, um, something that comes to mind for me is the Jackson State killings that happened a week after the Kent State killings um, where white students were shot. Jackson State, it was um, a number of black students that were shot. Two were killed. Um, and you know, that is a, Kent State. We know about that. Right. Kent it's State, you, you see the photos of that, of the students crying and being and lying in the grass shot. You know, that's something that we learn about. But oftentimes the Jackson State killings that happen almost a week or a little over a week after the Kent State shooting um, doesn't get discussed often. And probably largely because it was black students that were shot and not white students. So I think that this continues. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and not only that. The amount of support, like Stanley opened up this segment talking about how Oprah has donated half a million dollars, the Clooney's, Steven Spielberg. I love that. But where was this when Trayvon Martin was shot in Florida in the same exact state? And you had Black Lives Matter. You had Dream Defenders. You had people on the ground saying we need to stop the killings of unarmed black people. And and Trayvon Martin was a teenager himself. And you don't see the same outpouring of support. So there's a big discrepancy here and there's a big disconnect. I think we may have um, a caller on the line. Right, Stanley? Okay, right. So we're going to get to this caller and allow them to let their voice be heard. So we have two callers on the line, so we're going to try and be very savvy with this. DeAndra, you were on first, so DeAndra, let your voice be heard. And then we have Will next. Go ahead, DeAndra. Hey, I'm loving the show. Um, Just wanted to say that first and foremost. Um, What I do want to say is that I agree with you guys. I feel like, especially what Selena said about the heroin epidemic, this heroin epidemic did not just start, you know, 2017 it's been going on in communities and i also want to go on to say about even like the me too movement the me too movement has been going on what a decade she started that movement a decade ago and even jane fonda said it listen black women have been speaking out about being sexually harassed and abused by these men in power for plenty and many of years but it's when white people or white women come forward that now everybody wants to take it seriously so it really sucks that we have to continue to fight and push for years and decades. And when non-people, white people, colonizers, whatever you guys are calling them these days, say something, now it's taken seriously, you know? Thank Absolutely. you for your comment, DeAndre. Will, let your voice be heard. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get my dope on the deal. No pun intended. Can you hear me? We can hear you fine, Will. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, um, My dope on the deal is... To, as far as the double standards concerned, it's all part of the Americanization, alienation, educational system, where people are indoctrinated to only feel empathy for Caucasian uh, uh, loss, and such as the, the so-called Holocaust, 
when the Jews was, you know, was exterminated and, and carrying on the, gen, you know, the genocide over there. But nobody talked about Mussolini and, and Cecil Rose killing 500 million South Africans and Mussolini killing 5 million and, and, and because they were black. But in the Holocaust, in the Jewish Holocaust, they were white. And so this is ingrained and indoctrinated in the mindset of, of people. Will, thank you so much for calling in with that comment. So, guys, we are heading towards the finish line, so I want to see if people had any final thoughts on just, like, where we are and what we should do. Selena? Yeah, so I guess my final thoughts um, speak to the question of, like, what comes next? What actions can be taken? What can we do to push this legislation? And I would say, like, my advice to these courageous students would be to organize. I think that, you know, Jackie Stanley, you guys uh, work in grassroots organization, and you understand the importance of mobilizing, galvanizing, and making sure that you have an agenda, and you're in this for the long term. When the cameras turn off, and everyone is going to be fixated on Donald Trump's latest tweet and whatever else, like, like horrible act or, or event or even like a weather disaster, whatever else happens is going to like shift our attention. But I think that if the students continue to stay, like if they have elected leadership or something from the top that comes up with an agenda that pushes them, then they could definitely make some real changes. Yeah, I, you know, thinking a lot about, I, I was thinking a lot about student activism this week. Um, it was the anniversary of Sophie Scholl's death. And Sophie Scholl was a, a student in Germany um, during Nazi, you know, she, she was a leader of the White Rose Movement, which is a student resistance movement to oppose Nazism in Germany. And she was executed. Um, she was young. She was 22, I think, when she died. And she literally sacrificed her life for the resistance and to fight back against what she knew was wrong. And she, you know, did it fearlessly. And I think, you know, looking at where we've come as a country in regards to mass shootings, I mean, this is becoming more and more common. It was over 18 years ago, I believe, that um, the Columbine shooting happened. Many of the students that were in Parkland were not even alive when Columbine happened. And things have seemingly only gotten worse. We've had more of these types of incidents. But I think that these students are incredibly brave. They're smart. They're, you know, they have the energy and the knowledge and the momentum that they need to actually enact real change. Do I think that we're going to ban all assault rifles in this country in response to this? No, I, you know, we've done very little to regulate guns in this country, but I do think that we're moving towards change and anything that they can do to accomplish any kind of reform, I think is a step in the right direction. Right. No, I agree with everything. All this, um, all of you have said, the other thing that I think is really important is as they demand new congressional action on gun laws, they should know that the fight is winnable because they need to know the facts. So just to give you a few things right here, between 55 million and 75 million P Americans own guns, but the NRA only claims 5 million members. That's less than 10 percent of Americans total gun owners. So the majority of people in this country who own guns are not members of the NRA. Just 3% of American adults own half of the country's guns. Most gun owners have one or two guns. Only a tiny group of quote-unquote super owners who have an average of 17 guns, which I don't She's know why you need 17 scary. guns. Anyway, collectively own half of the country's 
256 million guns. 72% of American adults have shot a gun, um, in, according to a new uh, Pew survey, um, even though only 20 to 30% of people personally own a firearm. In contrast, 44% of American adults say they personally know somebody who has been shot, either accidentally or intentionally. 29% of gun owners say the NRA has too much influence over gun laws. And overall, 55% of American adults say the NRA has the right amount of power or even too little. Um, and last but not least, most gun control legislation that is now being debated is compatible with the Second Amendment. Uh, where I can get my legal knowledge in is the last time the Second Amendment was tested was a case called Heller. Uh, the decision was authored by Justice Scalia, who is very conservative, conservative, and he made clear to say that like most rights, quote unquote, like most rights secured by the Second Amendment is not unlimited and that Long-standing prohibitions of the possession of firearms by felons, mentally ill, laws that forbid the carrying of firearms in sensitive places, such as schools and government buildings, and here's the most important part, laws imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms are not unconstitutional. So armed with those facts, these students can absolutely have an impact and continue to fight this battle. Yeah, so... You got all the facts about how we can help the students and, you know, ways we can empower them and ways you can have the gun debate. I don't want to talk about that. Those kids will have all the support in the world that they need. I want to talk about the kid in East New York. One of my childhood best friends was murdered. Gun violence. All throughout my childhood and my life, my existence, gun violence. It was a point where I could tell you whether it was a pistol, a shotgun, a rifle, or a high-capacity weapon just by hearing a couple of pops. And we, we, we call it a killing season because from April until August, a lot of people were getting shot. There was a lot of gun violence activism happening in my community. No one cared. There's gun violence activism, activism happening in black and brown communities all over the country, and no one pays attention. And because of that, our people are suffering. And once we start talking about these gun reform legislations, you know who will get hurt the most? African-Americans, because during the civil rights movement, when you had black leaders and people in the black communities who started to buy guns to protect their communities, you know whose guns mm -hmm. actually got confiscated? Yep. The black people's. You know when the NRA was chartering these gun clubs? They would take those guns away from them and they would send those lists to the, to the police and the FBI. And then now today when the president of the United States, well, at least the colonizer's president of the United States, <laughs> says that we should be arming teachers with guns and adding more school security Ugh. guards. You know what I hear? A lot more black and brown kids are going to be getting shot yep. in yeah. cold blood. But now instead of because they wore a hoodie, it's because maybe they answered that math question too aggressively. Or maybe because they looked at the teacher too long. Or maybe because the resource officer thought that they looked threatening. So as we're having this gun reform, gun debate conversation Let's make sure that we do not leave our people of color in the wind like we always do because we will be the ones that suffer the consequences. Thank you so much, Stanley. Great point. Um, I just wanted to add that there are three different national actions already being planned to end gun violence in America. On March 14th, we have the Women's March. On March 24th, there's the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. And April 20th, we have the National School Walkout. So, guys, if you can, uh, join be a part of the movement. Be a part of the solution. I want to just take time to thank everyone who chimed into this show today, all of our callers, people who uh, listened and left comments on social media. We appreciate you. And if you guys want to continue to support us, please donate to our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash Radio. When you do that, 
You support us being on the air, and you support us talking about the issues that matter to you. On that note, I also want to just say, guys, happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day, and be sure uh, be sure to check us out on podcasts where all podcasts are actually being heard. That's Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. We'll be back next weekend, God willing, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. They say guns are just tools like knives and are as dangerous as cars. We call BS! Florida school shooting survivor Emma Gonzalez is the internet's voice of reason on gun control. And if you guys haven't yet heard...